welcome everybody to episode 11 of Media Sandwich Reheated. I'm Chris. And I'm Kyle. And it's an exciting day, Kyle. You want to know why? Uh, why? Well, because now we're in a post-Smash Brothers Ultimate world. It's Oh. It has happened, and now I have a lot I can say and will say, but that's for later. So you, that's the tease. I will that's be talking... That's the deep cut. I'll be talking all about uh, Smash Bros. Ultimate later and what I like and what I do not like, of which there is lots of both, because I am a curmudgeonly old man now, and that's all that there is in my life. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say my piece on <laughs> Super Smash Bros. as well. It'll take a lot less time, but we'll get to that. But uh, to start with, it seems like... Kyle... Yeah. What's 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 the fastest thing alive? The fa- the fastest thing alive? What is the fastest thing alive? What if you had to name the fastest thing alive, what is it? Like the fastest animal? I mean it's it's a thing. I mean what's the fastest thing alive? I mean Barry Allen is the fastest man alive. And uh I think cheetahs are pretty fast. I uh uh velociraptors are were supposed to have near cheetah speed. This is this is this bit is going about as well as the trailer or the the the, the posters for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie just as planned. Um, yeah, yeah, they're they're pretty bad. Uh, both they, these jokes well, and those posters. It's one. It's I'm very torn. And so, if anyone has not seen, there have now been two uh, real posters for the Sonic the Hedgehog live action movie. I feel like we can say this one's live action. It's not. Live action, Lion King, this one's live action. Well, but, wait, no, I mean, because the character's not live action, is he? I'm pretty sure that they're going for live action, and the character won't be really there, but they're going to, I think it's going to be like... But the rest of the, the rest of the movie, it's going to be, it's like... It's like Detective Pikachu. It's like Marmaduke, more like. Yes, (laughs) that might be more accurate. Um... Well, okay, no. so so the rest of the world is going to be the real world, and Sonic the Hedgehog's just going to be living in it. Yeah, um, everything that I've heard about this movie so far has sounded like a fever dream, where you have Sonic, and he's been cast by fill-in-the-blank for me. I know the voice, I don't know the name of the actor off the top of my head, but he was um, in Community, not Community, he was in Parks and Rec, as the douchey guy. That's, that's a uh, great short form. Um, Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz. I'm pretty sure Ben Schwartz. Yeah, is the who yeah. I love that actor. He's and he's a great actor. He plays. He plays. With John Ralphio on Parks and Rec. Is that who you're talking about? Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, that's Ben Schwartz. Yeah, he's yeah. also the, he's also half of the voice of BB-8. Oddly enough. Oh, interesting. And I believe he's also one of the one of the ducks on Ducktales now. He is. He is one of the ducks on Ducktales. I forget which one. I think he's the blue one. I want to say he's Louie. Louie. That was Louie. The blue one was Louie. I think you're right. Yeah, I think he's Louie on Ducktales, which is also great. I just had this conversation with somebody else like two (laughs) days ago. It's the most ridiculous thing. It's the conversations we have. So yes, I, I if I'm remembering correctly, he was cast. As the voice of Sonic, which, yeah, that sounds correct to me. And uh, Jim Carrey is playing Doctor Eggman, which is that's 
potentially very inspired. It's potentially inspired and also what? Because I'm not going to say it's out. Jim Carrey is one of the weirdest actors alive or dead because he did play Andy Kaufman. Um, He he is a phenomenal actor and he also does not adhere to any sort of standards when it comes to roles he should take. Especially of late, his last his last few his last few roles outside of the documentaries where it's just like him drawing big murals and stuff. The last time he's played other people other than Jim Carrey himself have been a little pokey. He is if in nothing else, he does not go in half assed to any role he's given, no matter how stupid the role could be. Well, um, that's true. And I've, which can both be a hindrance or a, a saving grace of the movie. For instance, I am one of, I guess, the only apologists in the world for the live action Grinch movie. I simply adore it, and I think that Jim Carrey was hilarious in it. And I don't quite understand the, the hate that it gets, but like Jim Carrey, like knowing what he did, like what he had to go through to be in that role, and the anguish he's going through, and how he managed to break through that and still constantly make me laugh, I think is amazing to see that. And, I mean, I loved him in a series of unfortunate events. He was the wrong... He played Olaf wrong, arguably, but it was still entertaining as hell, because he was the best part of that movie, of a bad movie. That movie is, this will be my movie nerd reference uh, for the episode. Just the one. Uh, <laughs> just the one. That version of uh, that version of series of unfortunate events is the Manhunter to the Netflix series of unfortunate events uh, of of Silence of the Lambs. Huh. Yeah, that's a that's a very very roundabout way of saying, yeah, that's the earlier version that's actually got some interesting work in it. Hmm. It's so knowing that he's going to be Eggman. I mean, trying to imagine him dressed up in that costume, it's going to be weird. He's got, I can already imagine him having the right type of voice and the mannerisms. He'll play it either totally bombastic or he'll play a, a really more serious, grounded version, which would be weird and probably wrong, but who knows. I don't think we're in danger of that being the case. I think no. he's going to swing for the fences. Yeah, so all of that sounded weird enough, and then they released these posters. I don't know, well, maybe released is wrong. I don't know if these were actually released or if these were, like, leaked or what, but... I'm pretty sure it was a it was an announcement. I, I think they... I know that it came... At very least, it came from the Sonic Twitter or something like that. I mean, Sonic Twitter is always good because he'll play off of it no matter what, whether it was received well or not. He'll He'll find an angle... Yeah, they've got somebody good running that Twitter from what oh, yeah. I've seen. It's Sonic, it's like Sonic Twitter handles one of the best ones. Uh, so they tease this movie, which isn't until November of next year, which is too long of a tease, this, like this light of a tease to show what is alarmingly bad or at least like misguided. It's to me, it already feels like it's at the Dragon Ball Evolution. Where I'm, I'm just one. Well, sorry. Go ahead. You go ahead with Dragon Ball. 
Um, which in for for Dragon Ball Evolution, it was something that people have been hyped about for a long time. They've been wanting a live action version of this thing because it's a beloved franchise. Uh, they just wanted it to look right, and they wanted it to be done right. And then when it came out, it didn't look right, it didn't sound right, and it just was not what they wanted because it was what the studio thought would sell, not what the studio thought the fans actually wanted, which are the only people who are going to show up for this thing. Sonic the Hedgehog could be the same. Like, I'm getting vibes from that where everyone who's like, yeah, there's there are millions upon millions of Sonic fans, and Sonic has a lot of global recognition. For a while, he was actually up there with Mario and Mickey Mouse's most recognizable uh, icons around the world. I don't know where he is currently, but he still has he has that sort of global recognition and appeal. Which is really yeah, yeah. Um, he's gone through a couple iterations. I think at this point there are technically three main um, styles of Sonic. There's classic Sonic, which everyone kind of calls the portly Sonic. He's you know a little he's shorter and pudgier, and you know he's cute '90s Sonic. Then there's the current more modern Sonic with uh, longer limbs and like all blue limbs and stuff. And he's you know, the Sonic everyone kind of really knows now. He's a little cooler, a little more laid back. And then there's the Sonic Boom Sonic uh, with the wrapped feet and hands. And the Sonic Boom com- uh, cartoon, by the way, is actually really, really funny. Even though the games were complete horrendous garbage from what I've heard, uh, the, the show itself is really funny. So if they're taking the style, like the really irreverent style from Sonic Boom, the, co- the cartoon, I think that's a good direction for the movie to take. But the style that they're showing of Sonic, because he's only in silhouette, uh, in silhouette, but he's really muscular looking, or like the, the limbs look almost, almost uh, humanoid. Yeah, like, like and and furry. Like they, they, it looks like it looks like somebody wearing a very tight fur suit for limbs. Yeah, and then. The silhouette of the head seems very disproportionately large. Yeah. It seems like the limbs are too long. It's, it's almost like we're halfway to Avatar. Yeah, and the, even worse, they, there's the other trailer, or, I keep saying trailer, the other poster which shows from the vantage point, everyone's saying, oh, this is what I wanted, a vantage point of what a Sonic's dick look, like, see when he looks out. It's you know yeah, it's, it's the hardcore Henry shot if you remember that movie that came out a yeah. while back. You what see, a what a stinker that one was. But yeah, <laughs> you, so it's yeah it's a poster that's showing the vantage point from like Sonic looking out and you you're between his legs basically and his legs are too muscular looking for what he is and they're a little too defined and and the sneakers just look like a pair of sneakers they don't look yeah. like big cartoon feet in big cartoon feet shaped sneakers they look like my sneakers that I'm staring at right now yeah it's, and it's and it just doesn't look right a lot of it was very it looks gross, and it looks... It looks gross! It's it looks, Uncanny Valley, yeah. Yes, it's the Uncanny Valley, because the problem is that Sonic has always been a cartoon character, and the main thing is that he's got noodle appendages. He's just always had noodly arms and legs, and we're fine with that. We don't need any musculature to him. I mean, Mario could have some more, a little bit more muscles, because he's kind of been defined with a bit more... 
you know, muscle to him. And the characters in his universe have a bit more muscle to him. He's, uh, if, if you will, uh, built like a brick shithouse. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, if they had shown, like, oh, here's, you know, Mario in silhouette in real life and he's the ripped for some reason, like, okay, at least that would have been, it would have been silly, but I would have been, okay, well, that wouldn't feel too out of place. This is a cartoon hedgehog. He's not based on a human. At least Mario's based on a human. <laughs> Sonic is, is a hedgehog who's given sentience and can run real fast. He can, he can run faster than the speed of light. And, like, yeah, it's ridiculous. So the fact that they seem to not – should be showing any restraint. And, it, like, the reasoning is obvious why it's looking this way. Is there, It's just the same reason why the Ninja Turtles and the new Michael Bay produced turtle movies look like garbage. Is that it's cheaper to mocap straight off a of human's faces so they can mocap easier with the with the nose. So they mocapped with the turtles having noses, and that's why the turtles had noses in that movie. And everyone's like, "Why do they have the noses?" I'm like, oh, so you know anything about it? It's like, well, because it's cheaper and easier for everybody to just mocap with that. So in the same vein, like, well, they're not gonna just draw Sonic digitally in every single scene. They're gonna start with a mocap actor, and what's the easiest way to do that? Oh, well, we're gonna give them human proportions, human limbs, and just make them blue. Yeah. 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 Which it's uh it's both it's both lazy but at the same time also like yeah this is the reality of the of the of Hollywood right now is we're technologically advanced to the point that we can be lazy and that sucks and what we the problem is that we want something like Who Framed Roger Rabbit which gave us the term uh bump the lamp. You heard that one? Yeah, yeah. Bumping the lamp in one shot is is uh, code in animation, especially for going above and beyond. Because by there is a shot where they could have redone the take, but instead they had someone deliberately bump a lamp so that the light is swinging through the shot for a oh, thirty oh. seconds. And because of that, the shading on everybody has to change, including every animated character in that shot. So Roger has hand drawn at the time. Yes, it's being rotoscoped on top, but it's still hand drawn rotoscoping, and the shading techniques are the the level of detail that no one is really going to notice unless they're looking. But if you are looking, you realize, wow, that that could that must have cost you an additional you know thousands for that one shot. And how many man hours and how much time and energy, but you say that was worth it because Who from Roger Rabbit was a technical and like artistic masterpiece. And I don't know anyone who's going to argue against that. That movie went, it went the distance. Movies like this with Sonic the Hedgehog are not going to bump the lamp. They're going to, they're going to cut well, corners everywhere I, they can. Yeah, absolutely. But this this brings up an even bigger question is what I mean, yeah, okay. A Sonic the Hedgehog movie does sound like a, a little bit more of a sure thing than say the last big attempt at a video game movie, which was Assassin's Creed. Well, I mean arguably when which was came first, Assassin's Creed or Tomb Raider? Um, yeah, no, I guess Tomb Raider did come out too, but like those two came right, right on top of one another, but those, those are a little bit more, I mean, this, this has a broader appeal. This, you know, you could take a kid to see Sonic the Hedgehog without either one of you knowing anything about it. 
And you can't the nice, do that with Assassin's Creed. Yeah, the nice thing is that the that Sonic the Hedgehog, the lore of Sonic the Hedgehog is nebulous, and there's so many different canons for Sonic, even within the games, they acknowledge that there's different Sonic canon lore. Well, the- and if if they're kicking this old school like 1999-2000, this would be a whole new canon so that it could have its own video game. But oh, of course. It'll, oh, yeah. Oh, ugh, I, uh, there's going to be a Sonic the Hedgehog the movie the game. Mm. <laughs> I don't think there is, actually. Who knows? You you remember Street Fighter the movie the game? I remember Street Fighter the movie the game. Oof, oof. Well, let's talk about a better teaser uh, for a better movie, arguably. Yeah, totally. Uh well, that that uh, Avengers Endgame trailer came out since mm. last we spoke, mm-hmm. and that's got a lot of stuff going on in it right out right out the gate. Uh, I, I like that it starts out bleak, but also kind of cheeky with uh, Tony Stark lost in space, <laughs> yeah. and kind of noting how funny and ridiculous it is that he is lost in space. Without taking away the seriousness of it, it's a yeah. fine it's a fine line to thread, but I like it and uh, it, it's funny. One of the lines that he actually says right right in the beginning, he's talking to Pepper. He's recording a message for her, uh, and says, uh, "With no chance of rescue." Yeah, and I think I've seen a headline that uh, Pepper Potts is going to be in the rescue armor in this movie. Huh. So I'm not sure if that's supposed to be foreshadowing or if it's just pure coincidence. It's I assume that he is going to get rescue from Captain Marvel. That's my theory. I mean, who it's hard to say because we obviously Captain Marvel hasn't popped up yet. Uh, We haven't seen that movie, but presumably Um, she comes from space. So maybe, maybe that's that, or maybe. I had another I had another theory that was a little bit more far fetched, but it's yeah, it's hard to say. I'm I saw the trailer and of course it's a teaser trailer. It's doing what it's supposed to do. It gave us the title, it gave us the basic core of how it's supposed to feel right now, which is hey, this is somber. We're coming off of something really dire and we are now we now are pretty much in we're done with this is as far as we really planned things through as solidly as we had hoped we would um from here on out who knows what's going to happen but also ant-man's here too so don't forget it's still going to have that light-hearted fun that you like i yes i i really predict that however ant-man gets out of the uh, i'm sorry hey spoilers for the trailer of course but also yeah. mild spoilers for stuff in the MCU sorry if you're yeah. if, you know you, you got to know but uh however ant-man gets out of the quantum realm where we we last see him at the end of ant-man and the wasp yeah he's he's trapped in the quantum realm by himself with nobody there to pull him out mm-hmm. however he gets out of that i feel like that's somehow going to be a thread that leads the gang to time travel in order to go back and clean up the whole Thanos mess. Could and be. I would absolutely love it if Ant-Man turns out to be the most important person in the MCU in order to save everyone. That would be amazing to me. That'd That's, be the biggest goof, and it'd be the greatest thing. 
That's the nice thing about a lot of, I mean, really a lot of comic universes, they do that frequently, where a character you wouldn't expect suddenly becomes vastly important to the larger story. Yeah. And I kind of like that. Uh, no other details in the trailer. Uh, a lot of people picked up on this right away that you can see that Shuri is confirmed to be one of the vanished. Uh, we didn't, apparently her fate was not uh, revealed at the end of Infinity War, so the trailer has her on a monitor in the back as listed as being uh, missing. I guess they're going with missing. For the she's, uh, she's. Play. Um, she's T'Challa's sister, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, the the tech wizard. Yeah, which is a shame because she was amazing. Yeah, but I figure, I figure Black Panther two is coming out at some yeah. point soon. I'm sure that she'll be among those that come back, and I'm sure most folks will come back by the end of this. And that's the question that we're all like: How are they going to do it where it doesn't feel hokey? And I'm sure I would. I would not be surprised if it goes all the way back to the first Avengers movie with Captain America saying to Tony Stark, you know, you you would never, you know, lay down on a on a wire to save another guy and Tony Stark would be like, I think I would just cut the wire. <laughs> that whole discussion obviously has been them butting heads for years and eventually it's going to come to a head where I think Tony will have to sacrifice himself at some point. It's the only way you you get Robert Downey Jr. out of this list of appearances. Yeah. Is a hero's death. And that character's been building towards that forever. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm just hoping that I'm thrilled by how we get to that. I, I'm not expecting surprises. I'm I'm just expecting a good uh, a good journey. Yeah. But uh, in other details, uh, Hawkeye appears as Ronan, mm-hmm. which is cool. Are you familiar with Ronan? Yes, I am familiar with Ronan. Uh, a lot of people are speculating that his family all got dusted. That would make uh, sense, and it would also yeah. be that would be the. The narrative way of saying yes, uh, we realized that the family for Hawkeye was kind of a narrative problem to get him back on the team. Mm-hmm. There would always be the yeah. question of why he is not with his giant brood out in the middle of wherever. Right. But, yeah, this is the way that gets him back into the game, is now he's the tragic figure whose whole family got dusted. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the Ronin... Persona was created for New Avengers, uh, I think, right after Civil War. Um, the comics. Trying to remember when Ronan showed up as a character. I feel like he happened earlier on in comics, like when Hawkeye went to like West Coast Avengers for a while, and then I think well, he the, came back. The character has been the, the Ronan persona has been a couple different characters, but Clinton Barton's. Right. I, I think was the one that was the biggest. Uh, yeah, he big, was. I think problem. after Civil War, I think it was after the. It was like around Dark Avengers, where there was like, you know, post Civil War, pre Secret Invasion. Right. Right around there is I think where I where I remember seeing I think Ronan a lot or like yeah, as Hawkeye was, as Ronan. I should it say. was when Brian Michael Bendis was writing uh for New Avengers. Yeah. 
and doing a whole lot of that post-Civil War cleanup stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I figure, hey, if Jeremy Renner is totally game to continue playing Clint Barton, this might be the way that they continue the Avengers into new Avengers. Sure. Uh, I'm sure they wouldn't call it that, but <laughs> that would probably be the next chapter for the MCU after this is, all right, now we've got an Avengers team that's not any of the original Avengers, except for maybe Hawkeye? I mean, yeah, we've definitely got places we can go. We've still got Secret Invasion. We've got the X-Men that can now be brought in. We've got Galactus. Yeah, Yeah, Galactus, that'd be great. Silver Surfer goes Mm -hmm. along with that. Uh, Doom. Doctor Doom, oh my god. That's the the biggest thing about all the Fox Marvel characters coming coming back to Marvel. The biggest thing is the villains. Because the Fantastic Four are... I love the Fantastic Four. They are the the first family of the Marvel Universe for Mm -hmm. a reason. They're, they're terrific. They're really hard to do in a movie. I, I have all faith that Kevin Feige and the gang will figure it out, but, mm-hmm. but the Fantastic Four has two or three of the greatest villains in the Marvel Universe. Chiefly Doctor Doom, I think, might be the best Marvel villain all around. A lot of people agree with that, yeah. He's one like, of the best. Like, I would be so thrilled to get a Doctor Doom movie like a standalone about him Doctor Doom movie. Yeah. Make him an anti-hero or something for a little bit, or I don't know. You could do that. If we can do it with Venom, we can do it with Doctor Doom. And plus, they I think that Namor was latched on to the Fantastic Four in the licensing, so I think he comes back too. That would explain why we haven't seen him yet, and that's cool because yeah. he's actually a very underrated character too. He's a he's a really cool character. He's he's like I love he and he and Doom and a lot of characters that have been in the X Men and Fantastic Four and like in Fox's license are very complicated characters that are never quite right and never quite wrong. They're always like you're never quite sure what alignment they're on. Like Magneto is another good one, which I think Fox still has done fairly well with Magneto at least. Um, but these are characters that you're like, okay, I can see your point. And you're not totally wrong, but you're also going about this in a way that I don't necessarily approve of. But then again, you're not really given many options, are you? So mm. it's it's one of those, like, I'm not even going to say sympathetic villain. It's, like, rational almost. Like, you're a rational villain. You, you're, you make sense as what you're doing. And I can totally see your logic behind everything. And it's not just, and then I'll kill them all. It's like, no. What you're talking about is just a well-constructed villain. Yes, I suppose so. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, quick quick, uh, quick uh, off-the-ticker uh, thing from the other side of the aisle. DC announced recently that they are doing a Blue Beetle movie. Weird. Probably. I don't think it's that weird. I because I mean, Blue Beetle for starters, they are going to beat Marvel to the first Hispanic superhero lead. So cool, yeah. you know. They, they've got kind of an arms race going there for uh, for <coughs> representation. The representation wars are afoot. Yeah, DC is really. I don't know. Everything they're doing just doesn't feel like it's on the same. Level, which is wrong, because they feel like it should be, like, neck and neck, and it should be building 
like the DC Cinematic Universe and the Marvel Cinematic Universe should be building to the conclusion in like 2030 where those two universes do collide on the big screen and then everything breaks from there. Here's the thing, dude, and stick with me on this because it sounds weird the way I'm going to phrase it, but I'm I'm starting to become optimistic just in the last couple of weeks because I I think that DC is kind of pulling what I would call a Nintendo move. Now, what what I mean by that, that could mean different things to different people. Sure. Uh, What I mean by that is... Instead of trying to instead of trying to do what they've been trying to be doing for the last like three or four years, which is mimic their competition, they have decided to go in a different direction just recently. I I don't know if Flashpoint is officially canceled, but I know that of course we're getting Wonder Woman 1984, which sounds mm-hmm. pretty fun. Yeah, uh, we're obviously getting Aquaman here coming up pretty soon. Well, it's out now. That's not. I don't think that released this week. I thought it did release this week. I thought it comes out this next week for Christmas. Maybe it does. I don't know. (laughs) Anyways, probably comes out this week, this weekend, as we're talking about. But, uh, but yeah, like they've they've got a couple of movies that are slated, but then they're focused more on okay. Well, then we're gonna do like Birds of Prey, and then we're gonna do this weird Joker movie. And mm-hmm. then we're we're doing uh we've got you know Shazam coming out and then we're talking Blue Beetle and like they're starting to dive deeper down into their roster yeah and they're starting to come up with characters that are a little bit lower stakes in terms of are we gonna mess this up because if you mess up Batman oh no that's the headline is they messed up Batman. If you yeah. mess up Blue Beetle, that's not the headline. The headline is, did you see this Blue Beetle movie? I didn't even <laughs> know this character existed. Unless you're a big comic book nerd, you know. I I love Blue Beetle. That's, you know, uh, those of you who know your your uh, Watchmen lore, uh, Night Owl is supposedly kind of based on Blue Beetle because he was one of those characters from some defunct company that DC bought all the characters to. Yeah. So... Blue Beetle goes back really far in comic book lore, but the current version is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I see. I seem to remember he had a bigger role in the uh, Brightest Day, Blackest Night uh, situation, whatever that was. But anyways, yeah, sure. But anyways, that's fun. And, uh, and well, a, a second side note or tangent or whatever we're calling these, isn't it kind of <laughs> Isn't it kind of weird that of all of the studios that somehow finally did a good, Sony managed to do a good with Spider-Man out isn't of that, nowhere? Isn't that kind of great? I I really yeah. like the fact that Into the Spider-Verse uh, won the weekend, did really well for an animated feature. I still need to see it, too. I really I, want to see it. I still haven't seen it. I gotta take, uh, Robert, my boy, to it because he's yeah. Spider-Man crazy all of a sudden. And I kinda wanna bring Charlie to that. And it's, it's getting nothing but positive buzz. It's gotten, you know, hugely positive reviews, both from critics and fans. You know, as you said, it won the weekend. People, like, Sony is looking to trademark at least the, um, 
what is it like some of the the, the, the technology they used so that like because they realized they did something good for once and now they're like oh, 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 oh spider gwen we're gonna make a spider gwen movie right yeah 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 we yeah, are you gonna, better gonna make yeah and they're like now f- scrambling almost they're like ah, 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 which is like classic sony which i feel like they've done this with spider-man before which is the one thing that's worrying is that they've done this where they freak and they're like oh my all eggs in this basket and then they kick the basket off the roof and yeah i I don't know i don't know what this is going to lead to if they end up just doing essentially exactly what they were going to do with the spider verse back when they were doing amazing spider-man if they just end up doing that whole thing but animated i'd kind of be okay with that that sounds like a lot more fun i wonder if they're like (laughs) <laughs> like, if like, you want to give me a Sinister Six movie and it's animated like, like this one was and it's funny and it's done well like this one was, that sounds great. Let's do that. I feel like they're in a weird spot where they're they're starting to finally fail upwards where they spent <laughs> – because they had – they so, like, oh, we're going to make a Venom movie. <laughs> That's going to be terrible. And, like, yeah – in fact, we don't even feel confident enough that it's going to connect to Spider-Man, so we're just going to make an independent thing. Like, all right, fine. Yeah, here it is. It's out. It's what fans liked this. What critics didn't really care, but fans really liked this. What? Oh, no shit! Now what do we do? And now they're scrambling there, like, okay, fine, that's all right. But we got, you know, we got like this holiday release for this animated Spider-Man movie. It's weird. It's janky animation, and it's not even featuring like. Classic Spider-Man, it's, it's hokey, it's just, it, what? Everyone freaking loves this thing, frick, like, what do we do? Like, I feel like they're now wondering, okay, now we have three distinct spider properties out there between the Marvel, like, joint-owned Marvel-Sony Spider-Man Homecoming and the Venom movie, and now into the Spider-Verse. So they're probably sitting there going, how do we make this work what do we do i don't know if venom did well enough to garner a sequel into the spider-verse oh did it i I, it did yeah like they were definitely they were shockingly pleased when venom came out like wow this they did not expect to do as well as it did they did i started to hear rumblings they're getting obviously the oh yes now we'll do a full venom verse it's like take a step back Pull back, boys. Don't don't do that yet. Just, just you know, I'm kind of cool with it because this way you do Venom, and then in Venom Two, it's Venom versus Carnage. Yeah, and that way you never have to have Carnage come into contact with like Tom Holland, Peter Parker, because oh, that just shame. doesn't work. Oh yes, it does. Carnage, no, I love. Car- oh. I don't think Carnage works in Spider-Man: Homecoming or Far From Home, or All the Way Home, or whatever the third one ends up being called. I don't know. I really... I, I don't know if, like, Murderer with the symbiote suit in red, in Blood Red, I just don't think it it'll it would gel. Well, I, I loved Matchroom Carnage as a kid, because I was, I was 90s trash, and let <laughs> yeah. me tell you. Yeah, you loved it as a kid. Of which course. Which makes and perfect I've, sense. I've reread it, and it's not... It's actually not bad. It's just like it's a great example of serialized storytelling. Specifically. Yeah, it is a wow. it is a specific example of how to serialize a story. But 
All right, Kyle. I want to let's move away from from these movies. Let's talk about some games. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Red Dead Redemption Two? Well, the the big headline recently, just the last couple of days, is that Red Dead Redemption Online has begun the sale of gold bar currency uh, for sale for uh, real-life currency. You pay some real-life money, you get some gold bars in the game, and the gold bars are the premium, higher currency of the standard two-currency system. Gross. Gross. Gross, but inevitable at this point, I guess. Uh, I like that everybody, everyone had a little bit of nerve to act surprised by it. Like, all of the major outlets actually put up headlines like, well, it's happening. It's like, yeah, you know, Red Dead Online will be pretty much the same buggy, hack-to-all-hellfire, pay-to-win hellscape that I find GTA Online to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of fine, I guess, because... This is how Rockstar's making back the money for the ten years that it took to give me the main storyline game, which is all I really wanted. Mm -hmm. And the main storyline game is going to take me until 2023 at the rate I'm going anyway. Uh, I I really enjoy Red Dead Redemption 2. It is is definitely a recommend for me. I dug the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I realize that it's not the same kind of open-world Rockstar game as those that came before it. Uh, this, this is that moment in Westworld where they make the mistake of giving the robots memories and dreams and shit. <laughs> because, like, GTA V was just a really snazzy, glitzy version of every Rockstar game that came before it since GTA III. Oh, yeah. It's, the, you know, it's been the same construct all those years, but it just kept getting better and better looking and better and better interaction. And... You know, the, the natural flow of time progression in the game was always the same. And uh, the first Red Dead Redemption was essentially the same. It was one of those uh, before GTA V. This game, you're not supposed to grind through the campaign in, like, 20 hours. You mm-hmm. totally can. It's possible, I guess. But the real game is in all of the details in between the campaigns. The, the fishing mini game, the whole system of losing and retrieving your hat, which is so elaborate and crazy. <laughs> uh, basic everyday horse care and self care for yourself. Mm-hmm. You have so, so many gauges and, and meters to take care of. It's like you're, you're, you are your own Tamagotchi. Yeah. And, it's not a game where you, as Arthur Morgan, uh, outlaw across the Old West in an effort to yada, yada, yada. It's, mm-hmm. one, it's one of the more detailed survival simulators to ever be released as a gigantic AAA Game of the Year level marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. They just simply made the, the GTA Evolution game, open world crime adventure game, they made that game as well, and they just pasted it on top of this really detailed survival simulator. So one is the real game, and the other is the game you expected. You still get that, but it's not really the main feature, and they don't treat it like the main feature. It seems like an afterthought to, hey, look at that. Look at that. The horse is taking a shit. <laughs> the, ho- the horse... The horse ran into a tree, and it fell down exactly as a horse would fall down. 
Isn't that creepy and also awesome? Trees. Yeah, they. <laughs> exactly. But like that's the level that's the level of detail that they're putting in, and that's been the word on this game is oh it's so amazing and detailed and lovely to look at, but is it fun? Yeah, is you know, and to me yes it is because you still get the okay this is the rock star mission where the game is teaching me how to rob a bank. And so let's rob this bank, and then the next one will be harder. And then this is the mission where it's a timed race, and then this is the mission where it's a fetch quest. And it's it that whole game that I expected is totally there. So don't even worry about it. And and it's lovely. It's great. The controls are really finicky, actually. And I'm sorry to, to have to say that, but it's true. The controls are too elaborate and really finicky. The menu system is is really overly elaborate too mm-hmm. because there's just a lot of game there's just so much game yeah. that it feels kind of squished into the margins but the the simple pleasure of just seeing the world operate independent of your influence it's undeniably charming to me i really enjoy it mm-hmm. um I, I'm I'm not going to play Red Dead Online. I don't think I I don't have the time. I certainly don't have the money uh, to do any microtransactions. I'm just not the guy to do that. And I I don't know. It's it sounds like I'd have to deal with other people, and I I don't know if I'm up for that. Yeah, other people are exhausting. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. anyways. Uh, speaking of dealing with other people, uh, Nintendo has a new way for you to do that. Does it? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. Is this my segue into Smash Brothers? It, it could be if you want it. Um, <laughs> or or it could just sit here for some dead air. <laughs> boy, we love our dead air, don't we? Um... See, that was lovely, wasn't it? (laughs) We just played Dead Air Chicken. (laughs) Okay, And and everyone loses. Everyone loses. Uh, Let's talk Smash Bros. Ultimate. Um, It's out. I've played it now for, what's it been, two weeks now? Has it already been that long? Good God. Um, Yeah, it's like a week and a half-ish. I've unlocked the full roster. I uh, managed to unlock the full roster in uh, five nights total. Roster is 69 characters before we get the 70th, which is Piranha Plant, which is DLC, uh, free DLC for anyone who purchases the game and registers it in this stupid convoluted Nintendo style, where it's like either you get the character for free if you buy the game before February, or uh, you get it digitally. And if you get a physical copy, then then you have to link... You link it to your My Nintendo rewards, and then you have to register your game copy and get the coins. And then this is really dumb. Thankfully, uh, I've done uh, all that, that. That made me have just like I, I think I went into a coma for a few seconds there. Yeah. So what the? So if you want to get Piranha Plant for free, and you bought a physical copy, like most people, I think probably are going to do, because you already know that all the DLC is probably going to eat up a lot of your memory. Uh, sure. Because you like physical copies of things. Um, I bought the physical copy. And then, um, so when you use that, you can create a My Nintendo account online, which 
has been used for it's basically what Club Nintendo became, which was a shame because Club Nintendo had its faults, but it was still okay. Uh, my Nintendo has been unrequited, unrequited, unrelenting garbage since it was launched. Basically, um, it was it's it's a crappy service that has been underwhelming, and it's clear they want to pull the plug on it, but they they don't have the balls to do it, and it's kind of insulting that they won't just do that. At the point, and like to the point that for my birthday this year, my my Nintendo rewards was thirty percent off a select number of games, all of which were downloadable games for the Wii U or the 3DS. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Happy birthday. Here's 30% off of games for a system you have already taken behind the barn and shot. Great. I feel great for my birthday. Thank you. Um, so that was kind of crappy. But if so when you ha- are registered for this thing, you can link it to your... Um, like my Nintendo, it's like your Nintendo ID for right. like your, your account in general, uh, for your online things. And it just kind of connects all of your Nintendo accounts together so that you can also check stuff online and whatnot and purchase stuff online. And then it will like start downloading something like that. Anyway, um, you have to do a function that is not intuitive that you would never know that you sh- can do from starting up your game. Instead of pressing the A button to start it, you can look at options, and one of the options is that you can um, redeem the coin value for My Nintendo, which is useless because basically you redeem it, you have to redeem it within a year of the game being released, which is not apparently clear. Um, the value you get coin-wise is so minimal that it's like 1% basically of the value of your game. So last year, I think I had bought like six different, six or seven different Switch titles. I'm going to say six titles. I had six different Switch games. Um, registering all of those would not have given me enough to afford one $15 uh, game that they offered from their coinage, which is despicable because I constantly earned free stuff for, my, or for the Club Nintendo stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was actually pretty generous. Yeah, it was super generous on that. Um, and they've kind of gone the opposite direction where the only way you get any sort of value is if you're buying digitally. And they're really saying, hey, did you buy digitally directly from us? Great. Congrats. Thanks for giving us the maximum amount of money you could have given us for all these things. Oh, you didn't buy directly from us? You went to a store and bought a physical edition? Mm, well, screw you, buddy. We're going to give you 1% back on your purchase. Thanks. Hope you can afford to buy anything with this. Spoilers, you can't. Anyway, so you have to register your copy on that before a certain date, and then it will say, okay, yeah, you're going to get Prana Plant. Anyway, that's this this super tangent there for how unintuitive that is and how many people I'm sure are going to be pissed come February when they think that they were supposed to get Prana Plant and they aren't going to get it because they got confused or something didn't make sense to them. I mean, it's going to be a big game under the Christmas tree and there's going to be a lot of people who are new to this process and Nintendo has not done a very good job explaining my Nintendo to people. So it's going to be a lot of people pissed. They're not going to really get Prana Plant. Anyway, the roster of 69 characters currently I mean, it's it's pointless to try to say, well, is this the best roster compared to the other games? Like, yes, it is, because it's all the rosters of the of the previous games. 
And the new addition characters so far have been awesome to play. King K. Rule is my new favorite character, just as I had really hoped he would be. He is everything I had hoped he would be, because he is a big, beefy boy who (laughs) has stupidly strong projectile attacks. Um, He has a counter. He has super armor for most of his attacks. Uh, He's just ridiculous. He has two different dunks. Um, he's, He's got so much... Like area of damage coverage, so like his his down smash hits a huge area, his up smash hits a wide arc high above him and then straight in front of him. It's just it's preposterous. He has two different moves that can bury people so that you can follow up with big attacks. He's just and his recovery is insane. He has this ridiculously great recovery. So he's he is he's he's busted, and a lot of people are agreeing that he's pretty busted. And I'm the meta is going to be revolving around a how do you beat um it's a how do you beat uh, King K Rule? B how do you beat Ridley, who's also pretty OP, but there's a little more finesse I think to use Ridley well because I can see some counters. Um, how do you beat Pichu? Because somehow they brought Pichu back and they made Pichu OP, and that's kind of delightful because he wow. was he was the joke character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was that wasn't even in was that brawl or that was, was that melee? That was melee. Wow, Pichu that was, was ways ago. Pichu was the joke character in melee where he was Pikachu but bad, and it was that joke of huh, he hurts himself. He's so bad. Now he still hurts himself, but now he's Pikachu, but better. And it's just that what. Everyone was thinking Pichu was going to be the whipping boy again, and we're just, what? What's happened? What's going on? Uh, I think, uh, Young Link as well has returned from Melee, because everyone thought, oh, like, I never thought we'd ever see Young Link back, because he was kind of, you know, Toon Link kind of took his spot and his, filled his need, but now, no, Young Link is back as his own fighter, in addition to Toon Link, and they both now play very differently, and, even that was that was what I was going to ask. How how much differently do they play? Because didn't Toon Link when they introduced Toon Link and replaced Kid Link with Toon Link? Didn't they kind of port over most of his uh, his moves? I mean, well, the thing was that Adult Link and Young Link in Melee were like Young Link was a clone of Adult Link. He was a smaller model. He was weaker. His up B instead of hitting with a quick smash. You could, uh, it like sucked you in and did like a repeated hits. Um, and it also, his bombs did a little more fire, like fire damage and he had flame arrows. And there was a couple little nuances, but they were essentially the same character. Um, into Brawl, where they replaced Young Link with Toon Link. Um, similarly, uh, Link became more specialized. He got the Gale Boomerang, so his boomerang acted differently than uh, then Toon Link's, Toon Link's arrows were different. They were bigger and slower. Um, his, similarly, his up B was different again, but they were still almost the same character, just quicker and still carried over into Smash 4, where Toon Link and, and Adult Link acted very similarly with just like minor differences. Now, all three fighters are vastly different. 
Oh, okay. So it's it's been even more differentiated. Yeah, because Adult Link has been completely redone in the way he plays. Because now he doesn't have the Gale Boomerang anymore. It's just kind of a shame that the Gale Boomerang is completely gone. There's no none none of the three have a Gale Boomerang, so you don't can't use a little whirlwind uh, scumminess anymore. But instead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which is, was that directed at me specifically? No, 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 no. I mean, it's like I used it all the time, and I loved it because a lot of Link players who, like, especially online, who throw it at you and don't realize that it'll pull you back if you miss. But like, if it comes on the back swing, it'll pull you towards them. Right. Um, you can set up a big smash attack away from them, and then like it'll pull them in, pull you in, and slide you right into just like lay them out. Hilarious. I did one of those with a coworker like a month ago where I was Ganondorf and I, I did a reverse wizard fist and he, he like, you know, I pull, start this thing away and the Gale Boomerang comes back and pulls me into him and I like KO him from like nothing basically. And <laughs> we both bust up laughing and we agreed like, oh, the best part is that I did this to me. He's like, exactly. Um, so that's gone. So now Link, um, so he doesn't have the Gale boomerang. He has a boomerang that's, um, a little bit more like the others. He he can shoot his arrows and if he shoots an arrow and it sticks into something, he can pick it up and throw the arrow independently, or he can actually then like knock two arrows if you're holding them, which is kind of like more strategy there. His bomb is, his bomb is now a remote bomb. So you pick up, you throw it and you can then time when it explodes and it can do a lot of cool things because he's based off the Breath of the Wild Link, and so he's this is his move set there. Um, so that's very different as well. Uh, he doesn't have a hook shot anymore, so that's the other oh. big thing. So he lost the hook shot, uh, but otherwise, I mean, that's different. Uh, Young Link plays basically how he played back in Melee. He's got um, uh, flaming bombs, flaming arrows. He's he's too, he's young link from there, and he's fast and strong. And he's like, oh, our boy, our boy hit the gym in between melee and now. Good, <laughs> good on him. And now Toon Link still feels very much like Toon Link from the last game. The only real difference is that he he lost his um like the two the two um phase smash attack that Link had had since um melee with the slash and slash. Now Toon Link just has one big hit, so that's changed as well. Uh, so now they do feel very different. All the three characters feel like, okay, these three Links are now very different. Just crazy to have three Links. Ganondorf plays very so, different. That's so much stuff for just Link. That like, was just Link, yeah. Wow. They, they've made a lot of changes, a lot of which have been pretty cool, um, other new fighters, Simon Belmont and Richter Belmont, play really cool. They're hard to figure out, and they have bad recovery, but they're really fun to play because they're all item game, basically. Because you've got your standard B throws an axe in this huge arc, and this axe it just wrecks everything. Um, you can throw your side B is, is this like boomerang cross that just goes straight out and straight back. Your down B is a, like you throw down like the, I think it's holy water, whatever they call it in this. Um, it's burning oil basically. You throw it down and boom and it creates a little like, it's like Ness's PK fire, but like hmm. doesn't have to hit anything or, or it doesn't have to hit anyone to actually like light. Yeah, so the thing, and you can throw it from anywhere onto anything and it's really useful to just 
he's really good for disrupting. He also, his whip attacks for all the smash attacks, like his front smash is insanely long. Uh, aerials, his, his front aerial whip is just insanely long. He's, they're fun characters and they have this, like, if there's down tilt as a slide and if you press it again, he does a slide into like a slide kick that's really strong. So they're fun characters. Um, Isabel, as I'm hearing, kind of an OP character online because she's got this, she's basically a copy of Villager, but different. And her big thing is that her side B, Instead of shooting the Lloyd rocket, she has a fishing pole and she grabs you and pulls you back. And it's this insanely long command grab that's just, I mean, and you can basically just fish for, for goofs. So you just throw it off the edge and wait for him to try to recover. I've oh, got you. Throw him right back. Like just keep doing this over and over. And it's, she's, <laughs> She's a new great trolley character, which is kind of what you want to see from some characters. Uh, inklings are fun. They're very technical because you have to manage their ink levels, and if they run out of ink, they're kind of at a, they lose a lot of their potency. But they're quick, they're fun. Uh, who else? Oh, Incineroar is a lot of fun as well. He's weird, and just like he, I mean, he's the heel Pokemon. And for those who don't know, He's a wrestling heel and he acts like it. So all of his moves are based on him being, you know, the guy you're supposed to hate. And he poses after every single move he does, which is cool. And his like side B, um, he, uh, like wrestling, what, what, what like the wrestling ropes appear. So he throws you into wrestling ropes that just appear. And then when you bounce back at him, you either can um, clothesline him, which does a huge amount of damage and throws him way back. You can, like, headbutt him way up, or you can, like, fail, and, like, they they run into you, basically, and it's this sour spot. But that is even used as a technique for people where it they, like, sour spot him, and they just kind of, like, dork him out of the ring, like and they fall out because they got, like, ugh, just kind of, like, got dinked, and that's it. <laughs> the dink outs are back. They're stronger than ever. So many dink outs. Um, yeah, these, the new characters are fun. The old characters play just different enough in some regards. Like it's, it's really fun to see like who changed? How do they change? Do they ruin the characters? And so far I haven't experienced any characters that I would say have been ruined except for Charizard. And this is my one big gripe on the roster is that, yeah, everybody's back. Snake is back, and that's cool to see Snake back. Wow, that, that's unlikely, too. Yeah, and also he's pretty he's pretty OP because people... I think a lot of people saying these characters are OP because they have not gotten used to them and they have to now integrate them into the meta. And I've kind of noticed that those are the OP ones. Who's OP? Like, oh, Snake's OP, and Wolf is OP, and Peach is OP, and Young Link is OP, and all the new fighters are OP. And like, why? Well, because we don't know how to fight them yet. Like, yeah, that's why. Um, but, like, all these people are back, but then instead of just bringing Squirtle and Venusaur, or a Squ- a Squirtle and Ivysaur back from Brawl, because in Brawl they introduced the Pokemon trainer that had Squirtle, Ivysaur, and Charizard, and that was a unique character in that it was three characters, and your down B switches between the three, but it wasn't a very great character. He was three incomplete characters, because Squirtle was not strong enough to basically finish a fight. 
Um, Ivysaur didn't have good recovery, and Charizard was a little too slow. Right, um, I and do in, remember that distinctly. Yeah, and in the and in Brawl, if the Pokemon stayed out too long, they got fatigued, so you were forced to switch between them if you wanted them to be effective, because their attacks would start doing less and less damage. Um, here, instead of just saying everyone's back, and we brought back, we made Squirtle and Ivysaur fleshed out characters like we did with Charizard in Smash 4, instead they folded them all back into Pokemon Trainer, and so Charizard lost his down B, Rock Smash, which was kind of essential for how the character was. Like, I I was really good with Charizard in Smash 4. He was one of my main characters. And he... he losing one of four special moves hurts bad when you could have just had these three characters be their own independence and given Squirtle a new down B and given Ivysaur a new down B, but instead they're still all the same thing. It seems overly complicated... And and technical for something that I don't see a lot of usefulness for. I'm starting to see some people online are learning that the down B swap out can actually be useful in spots to avoid a KO. Um, we've yet to see how that works out. I'm still just lamenting the loss of Charizard as his own unique character, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But that's me mostly just kind of grousing to some extent and... There are worse things, for sure. Um, good things, though. My god, the, the classic mode in this game is the best classic mode they've ever had in a Smash Brothers game. Wow. Because every single one of the fighters has a unique classic mode that's set up in a, um, seven fight string with a bonus game that's kind of eh, and then like a final boss fight. And what's what's outstanding is that every single character's classic mode really does feel like some care was taken to find like what would work for this person. So Mario's is pretty standard. You play through, it's got, you know, He's he's going up against the uh, some characters you'd expect, and then his final boss fight is against Bowser, and then against Giga Bowser. So Giga Bowser returns as a final boss in this, and that's cool. Um, Link is also like he's fighting against, um, it's like sealing the darkness type thing, and so he's fighting against some pretty obvious or some characters that feel like um, evil characters need to be silenced, and then you fight like a dark link version of yourself you fight ganondorf and then the final fight is against like ganon himself the like the beast form ganon so that's a pretty cool epic fight but then like ryu all of ryu's fights are stamina battles one-on-ones against um like on flat levels (laughs) against characters that are supposed to stand in for each of like the street fighter characters so like Incineroar is supposed to be Zangief because he can, like, grapple and does, like, the spinning lariat. Oh, um, so they find, like, facsimiles for who would be the big bads in Street Fighter. Exactly. Um, donkey, like, a green Donkey Kong becomes Blanca. Uh, uh, Zero Suit funny. Samus becomes Chun-Li. Um, that's actually pretty inspired. Like, that's, yeah. it doesn't take a whole lot, but there's effort there, and it's yeah. appreciated. 
it paid off too because it's this mode. I'm like, wow, that's good. And make a man. And what I love is that thankfully this is the challenges in the game are so much easier than they were in Smash 4, which is kind of a hindrance on some level and a little bit of relief that I've already, I've already finished what I would consider the hardest challenge in the game. The hardest one was to beat classic mode on the 9.9 intensity. This one, the way classic mode intensity is different from the other ones, um, in, um, like, in like Smash and, uh, like 64 and Melee and Brawl, it was set the difficulty to very hard. Because it went, uh, very easy, easy, normal, hard, very hard. Set it to very hard, and I think in Brawl you got an achievement, or you got a challenge complete for beating classic mode on very hard. In Smash 4, it was, you can set, you slide it all the way from a, like a 1 to a 9, and a 9 difficulty rating, um, 9.0 was the hardest, and the hardest challenge in that game for me was beat classic mode, 9.0 difficulty, without dying once. That was insane, and I don't, I only, I finished it with Corrin as my last playthrough of the game. Basically, like it was down to the wire for me and it was brutal and it was hard, but it was rewarding to finish that. This one, you get an, you get a challenge completed for cl- uh, clearing 9.9. In this one, you set yourself, um, uh, you can slide around your difficulty intensity up to five is the highest you can go to. And then as you win matches as your character through their classic, it increases the difficulty depending on how good you did. So if you did a really good match where you took very little damage um, or you did it quickly and whatnot, it's like, nice play. And so you'll zoom, you'll go up to like a 5.9 and, and up to, you know, keep going from there. If you get KO'd and you only have one life in any of this, um, like for each match, you only have one life. If you get, if you lose, you, you lose like a whole um, point grade. It's like, oh, you died at a, you know, a seven, you're bumped down to a six, you know. You gotta, you know, want to continue and you pay a little bit of coinage and you continue. Um, but it's possible to play a perfect match or a perfect round where you don't die once, but you still don't hit the 9.9, like, intensity by the end. And all you have to do is clear it at 9.9. So you basically have to play, like, six really good rounds in a row. And then, like, the final boss, you have to just smoke the final boss and you'll, it'll, push it and ding it to a 9.9 at like the maximum score you can get. And I did it with Mega Man, which was my third time through the game, like through classic mode. Third or I keep fourth. Getting him. He's even a character. Yeah. Fourth <laughs> time through classic mode out of 69 characters. And I'm going to go through all of them because I actually really like playing each of these through classic, but his, his was another like really well done, uh, version of, you know, classic mode because you go through and it's like, wow, these characters are actually like, I feel like I'm playing through Mega Man against these characters and then like the his final boss fight, it's weird that you fight a char- like a boss that's come back from Brawl, uh, this character named Galleon, who's like this big robotic tank guy. So you fight him, but he's not the final boss. Then the final boss is Dr. Mario and it's and the Dr. Wily theme is playing in the background. It's like, oh, that's funny. But then you KO him, and then he turns into Mewtwo. 
And it, like, my mind exploded because that's, <laughs> like, I don't it's, know if you... really know, good. Have you ever played Mega Man 2? I I think I've watched you play it for a portion, actually. Yeah, the final boss fight in Mega Man 2, you fight Dr. Wily, and then he pops out of his capsule, and he turns from Dr. Wily into an alien, and then you have to fight this weird alien creature. And he's super hard. And then when you fight, you complete him, you find, oh, it was actually all a hologram. And uh, Dr. Wily isn't really an alien. But the fact that Sakurai put in the effort to make sure that Mega Man's campaign matched his game, like his one of his most iconic games, that was astonishing. How that, cool that, that is impressive. Yeah, it was really impressive. Um, it's just kind of cool that I think uh, it was like Ken... His his playthrough was fighting nothing but the Echo Fighters, so that was kind of cool, um, it, and it felt fun to do. Crom, his well, Crom sucks. He's the only new character that actually kind of really sucks because his recovery is hot garbage, and I didn't want to. It's bummer to have another Fire Emblem character that's just another copy of Marth, which now makes. <laughs> He's the fourth Marth, basically, but he's bad Marth. Because uh-huh. he's, he's supposed to be an echo of Roy. And Roy has differentiated himself from Marth pretty well. But he's supposed to be like Roy, but he has Ike's up recovery, which is really bad recovery because it's straight up and straight down. And it's right. terrible. And, he, and Ike has good recovery because Ike's side B recovers horizontally so well. So Ike has pretty decent recovery and it makes up for it because you can decide do you need to go vertically or horizontally. Uh, Krom doesn't have that and Krom just feels boring to me. He felt he feels like a really boring ad. He doesn't look visually as interesting as the other characters. He just kind of feels like eh, and Krom's here because eh, screw it. Everyone was begging for him last game and eh, here he is. Here he is. Fine. So that's yeah. That's that's there's, there's a lot of good, but oh god, is there a lot of stuff that's really pissing me off? Um, <laughs> frontmost, the online is unacceptably bad in oh, so yeah? many ways, and this is also the first game that the challenges include online specific challenges. So there's a whole page of things. It's like oh, you have to play like 200 quick matches online. You have to beat. Ten different people with skill levels higher than yours. You have to, you know, do this, do that. So there's a lot of online usage. You have to go online and play. And online is still trash. After we're three consoles into, you know, online for Nintendo, we went from the Wii, which had poor online, but whatever. It was the Wii. It was free. Wii U had poor online, but whatever. It was still free. The Switch has poor online, but you're paying for it now. And that's when that's it's a lot too, isn't it? No, it's cheaper than all the other ones. It's only $20 a year. I paid the $4 for one month right now. Cause I wanted to see, is this worth it? Am I going to continue with this? And I don't know. I'm mostly just playing it to try to get the challenges out of the way for online because I really don't like this online version. They have some cool features. You can make arenas for your friends or for the public. <clears throat> Excuse me. Where 
the setup you like the the rule set in general like for the game you can make really good rule sets no matter what you want you want and you can make a rule set that then is saved and so you can quickly select your favorite rule set which is nice um as opposed to every single time oh it's set to time and we got to set it to stock and no oh, we got to do this got to do that um this time you're like oh do i want to have you know, like what, what, what do I want stock matches? Do I want items on? Do I want, um, like stage select? All these sort of things. Like you can put all of these features in, which is really nice. Online though, is if, so if I do a quick match against somebody, it'll match me up whomever it feels like. The system's not great. I'll play a match and if I decide I want to rematch him, I have to rematch with the exact character that I had. I can't reselect a new character if unless I leave that person, which seems like a huge step back. Because it used to be just you were put into like a lobby with a character with another player, and you were just like, oh, you're playing with this person, okay. You switch around, grab your people, and jump back in. Now you have to completely like exit out of playing, and that's frustrating. It sounds frustrating, and that's part of the reason why I generally stay away from online. Yeah, and lag is constant. There's so much lag going on in this game online. I have so many matches where I don't feel like I'm actually succeeding. I feel like I got lucky that the, you know, oh, the lag worked for me or it was in my favor because there's still, it's, again, unforgivable and disgraceful for a company to be asking you now to pay for service that they have been giving away for free for the first year and a half of the Switch's life and they have not made it better. They have done zero to make it better. And if they have been trying to make it better, then they're really bad at this. Well, they don't have to make it better because everyone's going to pay for it whether they do or not. Exactly. And that's really, really frustrating. Um, online is kind of a wash. Uh, World of Light, the story mode, the single-player story mode, fully fleshed, not as good to me as Subspace Emissary from Brawl because Brawl felt like an adventure. This one feels like mission mode on steroids because everything is a mission mode and it is really intriguing how they are getting every single like every spirit because that's that's the biggest sad part is trophies are all gone. They're all spirits which are boring to me because a trophy was cool. It was a 3D model with a little like trivial snippet on it. Like, hey, this is so and so from this game and didn't you think of that and blah. Here's its first appearance or something. Like that was cool. Here it's just here's an image of a character. No context. Yeah. Just hey look, here's a character. Here's uh, you know, here's a Goomba. There it is. And so that's kind of a shame, but it is cool how they are they're getting so much out. Like they've Sakurai has again found a way to just like they were able to find um analogous characters for all the Street Fighter characters, they were able to do that with so many just characters from all over Nintendo and gaming lore and say, oh, like this character, like using this fighter with this costume and using this move in particular and this extra like rule set makes it unique. And I think that's really cool. Um, I'm not done with it. It's It's beefy. That's also nice. It's beefy and that's fun. Um, do I recommend it? Of course I recommend this game. This game. It's a great game. It's gonna give me hours and hours and hours of enjoyment. And I haven't been overly frustrated yet. And that's nice. And that's what I say. My final word is that that's nice. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. 
I'm hearing crying going on in the apartment above me. Oh no. I should probably get. That's that is that is the life we live, Kyle. So to to tell everyone, find us on Twitter. You can find me at the Chris Pranger. You can find you at at Kyle Martinak. That's correct, and uh, you can find uh, everything that's posted at the blog, including the episodes of the show, at media underscore sandwich on Twitter, and you can find everything at our new URL, which is www.media-sandwich.com. No blog spot. No blog spot. We're working. It'll get fixed. It's going to work. I'm pretty sure I've got it now. It's uh, Excellent. It's... I'm going to look at it right now, as a matter of fact, while we're doing this. Very good. In the meantime, we... In the meantime. In the meantime, this is the, this is the final episode of this year. We, I think we did one more episode than we did last year, so hey, there you go. Hey, hey, we're working on it. We're doing we're, pretty we're, well. We're in Groove, and plus we've done a lot of uh, Dad's Review a Thing, and the next Dad's Review a Thing, which will be on Octodad, most likely, uh, that'll still happen. I'm sure we'll find some time over this holiday break to get together and do that. So either that'll be the last thing of the year or that'll be early January. That's happening sooner than later, though. So look at that. Um, Have a good holiday or don't because I don't control your life. But go have a sandwich. Definitely have a holiday sandwich. Have a holiday sandwich. Uh, next up, and this is gaming related, Alfonso Ribeiro is suing Fort, uh, Fortnite, suing Epic Games over the unlawful use of the Carlton dance. I've heard everyone is suing right now. Well, not everyone. I've heard that, um, oh, I don't remember his name, the guy who played Turk in Scrubs. I know that he isn't suing, but he was really unhappy that, like, the most iconic Fortnite dance was ripped from him, and he never got asked and was not credited for it. Oh, dang. Yeah, so we can definitely talk about that. That's a good one. Okay.